Welcome to Deep Broadway, where you get the luxury of listening to your favorites on Broadway wherever you are. With Eli and Ashley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Z Broadway and check out our site at zbroadway.com for updates and new episodes. Now please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, my name is Ashley Ha. I am Broadway Corner, um, and this welcome to another episode of Z Podway. We are so excited for you to be listening, and we are here with Molly. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you want to kind of introduce yourself or anything. Um, Hi, everybody. I'm Molly Downs. Um, I was the most recent Roxy Hart on the Broadway National Tour of Chicago. Uh, prior to that, I was Brooke Windham on the International Tour of Legally Blonde. And you may have seen me in some other regional productions, some off-Broadway things here and there. And yeah. That's me. Yay! <laughs> Mother of two cats. <laughs> um, and so we are so excited to have you, Molly. Um, especially just because, you know, with the shutdown that happened last year, um, you know, not too many people got to see you perform as Roxy. So I'm really excited to just kind of dive in and talk about just your Chicago experience um, and kind of just what that was all about. Um, so I guess we should start at the beginning. So. <laughs> like, how was your audition process like, or how did you either hear of a casting call or um, just kind of all of that? For Chicago, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> so I am with an agent. I'm with Firestarter Entertainment and Arbender and Nicole are my agents and they're fantastic, the best people I've ever worked with. Um, and I submitted on Actors Access actually, and I know that they also submitted me for this. Um, you know, of course, I emailed them like, "Hey, I saw this thing, and I'm so excited, and I really want to go in for bullet." And they're like, "Molly, we know, we know, we submitted you. Relax," <laughs> which I feel like happens with them twice a week. Um, <laughs> they know before I tell them. But so I went into an appointment, uh, which was a dance call. I was called in for the ensemble. Um, so they called us in in small groups and the first thing that they did was a ballet combination that i had actually never done before um and gary was there who is the director of dance for the broadway team and everything and i was super intimidated and we finished the ballet combination and sam who is one of the casting directors with stuart whitley you know, says, thank you very much, everybody. I'm going to call out a few names. If I call your name, I'd like you to stay. We're going to see you dance again. If not, thank you very much. And he pulls out the headshots. And the first name he says is Molly Downs. And there's silence. Um, Molly Downs? And I was like, oh my God, that's me. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I was just like in so much shock that he called my name at all that I, I totally blacked out. I had no idea what was going on. And he had to call my name like two or three times before I registered it even a little bit <laughs> but thank god i finally snapped back and <laughs> i told him i was here and i stayed and um so i stayed for the rest of the day and we danced we did all that jazz we did billy we did a whole bunch of stuff they had us come back they had us sing they had us come back the next day for a full like six or seven hours we danced again we sang again we sang we did the monologues everything um and so that was that. We had two full days of auditions. And then a couple weeks after that, my agent emailed me and said that they wanted me to come in for Velma. 
So <laughs> I came in for Velma. We did the monologues, we did all that jazz. We worked a little bit. And then I got a call back for that the next day. And I, or yeah, I think it was the next day. And I came back and I, I learned Hot Honey Rag with uh, a girl whose name is Logan Floyd, who was also in the auditions with me for the ensemble. And we kind of saw each other and we're like, oh my God, I knew I'd see you here, you know? <laughs> And, and we all got really close during the auditions because you're there for such long days. And with a show like Chicago, they really want to see your personality um, as you're performing. So we all really brought ourselves to the table and it was one of the most supportive groups of people that I've ever auditioned with. And that was really cool. Um, but so Logan and I were the only two there for Velma and we were kind of like waiting for everybody else to show up. We were like, oh my God, where is everybody? And then they come, Sam again comes out and he's like, okay, come in. We were like, oh, uh, uh. Um, so we learned how to rag. And then they said, okay, we have two Roxies. And they, they brought in two Roxies um, and they paired us up each with a different Roxy and they had us dance. And they said, okay, thank you so much. The two of you, Molly and Logan stay. And they said, you two try it together. Wow. And we danced together. And now this is, I mean, I've fast forwarded the timeline, but like we had gone, this is multiple days into the process. Um, and they said, you guys try it together. And suddenly it just clicked and they were like, yep, that's it. Try it. And they handed me the monologue. They said, can you go out in the hallway, look at it really quickly and then come in and do it for us. <laughs> and this was the last day of auditions. This was the day before producers came in. So oh. I went home that night and my agent called me and they were like, so they want you to come in for the producers tomorrow as Roxy. And now at this point I had read for all of the ensemble women. I had read for Velma multiple times. I had also actually read for the Mama Morton understudy. So I read for every single female on the show before <laughs> they handed me the Roxy monologue and it just clicked, it just felt right. Um, and that was that, they, I remember in the room, um, they were like, do you happen to know Roxy, the song? And I was like, heck yes, I know the song Roxy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, who does it? Yeah, yeah. So I guess it was just a matter of being prepared and down to try anything. Um, and then Logan was Velma with me and it was like a match made in heaven. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I know it was a long-winded answer, but it was quite the process. I feel like it was the uh, wildest audition process I've ever had. And were you like told that your cast is Roxy in the room or did you get a call? Um, no, my age, <laughs> my age, it's also a good story. Um, my agents sent me an email a few weeks later, I guess maybe a week later, saying that the casting team wanted me to come back in because this was around the holidays, to come back in after the holidays and they had some notes for me. So if we could go on a FaceTime so they can give me the notes, it would just be easier to do on FaceTime than via email. And I was like, oh my God, okay. You know, I, I, like, I had like my notebook out and my pen and I was ready to take notes. And, and so Nicole goes on FaceTime and she was like, okay, so they really loved your energy and your positive, which is why they're going to make you their Roxy. And I was like, what? So they totally tricked me. They told me that the team had notes, um, and then instead they FaceTimed me to tell me that I booked it, which was Aww, really so cool. sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, agencies don't get any better than our vendor and Nicole. <laughs> That's sweet, and it's awesome that you love working with them, and I'm sure you enjoy working with the Chicago team as well. Was it a very like um, good vibe in the rooms? 
Oh, absolutely. It was, I mean, first of all, working with a legend like Gary Christ is just, I, I can't even quite explain it. You know, for him to give you firsthand knowledge of what Annie, as he calls her, and Ryan King, um, would do in rehearsals and, you know, like anytime he'd pick it, because they, they cater the show to the performers. So no cast is ever exactly the same. No performance is ever exactly the same. My Roxy would be so different from somebody else's Roxy and for every single actor you'll ever see do it. So anytime he would set a piece of movement on me, he'd be like, you know what? We're gonna give you Annie's, you know, hand flick here, or we're gonna give you, um, you know, <laughs> what Charlotte does in this moment. It always felt like you were bringing a little bit of history into the part, which was so cool. And then he'd also, you know, give you plenty of room to just do whatever Molly wanted to do on certain times. And then our director was Tanya Nardini, who does all of the international productions and a bunch of the tours. And she's been with the company for a very long time. And, you know, Roxy is a demanding part. So fun, but very demanding. You're on stage almost the whole show and you're running around like a chicken without a head off. You're full of energy. Your highs are high, your lows are low. And it's just a lot to take in. And, and on top of that, you're working on this dream show, this dream choreography, and, and you put a lot of pressure on yourself, right? So <laughs> I eventually, in the middle of rehearsal one day, we took our water break and I went in the hallway and I just burst out crying over a, a water bottle, you know, and Tanya ran to the corner and I, I like ducked and I tried to hide my eyes. And she looked at me, she said, well, we've been waiting for you to cry. <laughs> and I said, what? She said, most of our Roxy's usually cry in the first week. What took you so long? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. So it was, it was insane and it was adorable and it was so validating. Um, and, and Bob, everybody, it was just, the whole team was really great. And they knew exactly how hard to push you to make you the best version of yourself and the best version of the show that we could be. Um, it was a dream. Yeah. Really dream. And um, and how many shows exactly did you get to perform before um, like the shutdown happened? So, like 15 or 16. My God, that's like, like yeah, yeah, it's so sad because I would have loved to see you in the role um, yeah. and just kind of see all the different Molly-isms, I guess, um, like part of yeah, Roxy. They're definitely um, worth Molly-isms. Well, hopefully we'll go back out and it'll be, it'll be a while yet before we do go back out, but um, I'll keep you posted if I go back out with them and you know, Chicago is the gift that keeps on giving, which is amazing, you know. And the show's not really going anywhere. I mean, it's such a classic, so I mean, it's sure to come back. Come back out on tour, so, and obviously the Broadway production is still open, so there's plenty of chances to yeah. see part of Chicago for everybody. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and I was just wondering, kind of, like, when the shutdown happened, like, kind of what was your reaction? Um, it kind of, like, what did you do during the pandemic to kind of just cope with, you know, not being able to perform, which is, you know, kind of what a lot of people in this business, it's just their passion and what they absolutely love to do. Yeah, um, well, I, I can't lie and I don't see any reason to, but it was really difficult. It still is really difficult um, because we put so much of ourselves onto the stage every time we go and perform and especially in a show like Chicago where they really 
especially with character like Roxy, you break the fourth wall so many times and you talk, I got to be Molly directly addressing the audience as Roxy in so many ways that I've never um, really gotten to do on a stage before with other characters, especially because most of my characters are like really quite villainous. <laughs> so I wouldn't really want to bring Molly to somebody like Velma Von Tussle, but um, you know, so it, it was pretty heart-wrenching and for a long time I I gotta say I didn't do too much you know and especially because I'm born and raised in New York City so I came back to my apartment here and it was really really difficult uh, in New York for quite some time and actually as soon as I got home pretty much I think it was like a week after I had COVID and I had very clear symptoms so we think, and, and luckily nobody else in the cast had the same situation. So it must've just been on the plane that I was on or something that I caught it, or maybe grocery shopping that first week while we were around, I don't know. Um, and you know, it was okay. It was still certainly a kick in the butt. I would not yeah. wish anybody, um, but it was, it was hard. And especially having that immediately be my experience where I had to like fully locked down for obviously the two weeks of having symptoms and everything. But even beyond that, just because New York really entirely shut down and I am lucky my family lives in Queens. Um, so of course I didn't see them for a few months uh, going into it because I didn't want to risk getting my parents ill in any way. But just knowing that they were so close was really important to me and really helped me through it. Um, in a way that I couldn't imagine how everybody else coped being so far apart from their families. Um, but eventually I, I wonder what was the first thing that really kind of got me back up and Adam, I, I guess there were, um, I got asked to do like a, a zoom cabaret and it was supposed to be like kind of spooky and weird and which I, I like spooky and weird. So <laughs> I was working with very limited resources and I came up with this bizarre version of I Don't Care Much from Cabaret that I did mostly in silhouette in my teeny tiny little hallway. Um, and, you know, I, I won't say it was the performance of the century or anything, but it just got me in my body again and it got me thinking like a creative again. Yeah. Uh, and that was really cool. And, and so I've started to obviously now things are so much better. You know, we have dance class in person and mm -hmm. we actually had some auditions in person have come back and things like that. And it's, we're slowly starting to feel like ourselves again, even though we are still dealing with COVID it's, there's just more hope and, and being able to go to the theater and see Chicago on opening night and, uh, you know, um, pass over on the night that Broadway opened was uh, all of these shows have uh, really brought some, some fire back in my heart. And I think a lot of our hearts, but of course it's still, it's hard for us who aren't actively performing right now. Um, and we found other ways, you know, of course. We, we <laughs> be creative but it was it's been a rough a rough almost two years yeah and I'm so it's so you know nice to hear that performing kind of you know brought you back like brought yourself back into the world kind of just lightened everything up I, and I'm sure made everything a little bit more positive I know like for me um you know getting to just practice singing all the time always made me happier um <laughs> right. but it's I mean, like 
you're just so busy and it's like you're just able to kind of release and just enjoy um art so um I was just wondering as well like for me personally I am a performer you know I would like to be in the position that you are someday um you know performing in a dream show like Chicago or like Legally Blonde um so I was wondering do you have any tips or just advice that you would tell someone who is trying to pursue performing just as a career um and as a passion oh my god yeah uh, I mean what a what a good important tough question uh, I think and I've said this before and it it feels really right still I will tell you that this industry really likes to put people in boxes and say this is what you do and this is what they do and this is what she does and this is what you know and don't let them you, you can't let them especially you know, over the past year and a half, we have all woken up to a lot of things that were not right in the world and, and of course, in our own industry. Yeah. And, and we're, we're trying, or at least some of us are trying, but it's still, not, it's still not perfect yet. And we still have to be our best advocates and be advocates for each other. Mm -hmm. um, and the easiest way to start doing that is to realize that every single person, ourselves included, fits in a spectrum of parts and shows and voice types. And, you know, there's no reason that you can't be Roxy and you can't be somebody completely, you know, a Roxy or a Belmont or a, there's like, for example, Chicago, like they had me read for every single character. Yeah. And they could, you know, Stuart Whitley is so good at casting people in a variety of roles and seeing their potential as opposed to what is most obvious and mm -hmm. we we have to speak up for what we want and go for it especially you know conservatories will try to say well that's not your type forget type are you yeah. i mean obviously you have to make sure you're appropriate for the role but yeah. <laughs> and capable of the role but if you love it go for it mm -hmm. I, why not and and if you love it have that material prepared ahead of time so that when you get called in to audition for the role, you know it like the back of your hand already. You're not learning it the day before, you know? Yeah, Why not? of course. Learn all the songs you want to sing and go, go for the callback. Go for the, you know, EPA or the ECC. Submit, even if they don't ask you for your stuff. Just do it. What's there yeah. to lose? I think your advice is just so helpful and just very, you know, perfect. It's something I've never really heard before. Um, so thank you so much. <laughs> um, and talking about kind of like your type or roles, like what is a dream role that you have right now? I really, I really, really want to be in cabaret and I want to be either Sally or the MC. or I mean, I'll, I'd honestly, I'd be anybody in that show, but I, I want to do both parts. I, not at the same time. <laughs> not, <laughs> um, but I want to play with that spectrum of myself and stretch myself um but I really I want to play both Sally and the MC our dream roles and, and so actually this I think this speaks pretty much to what I just answered your last question with I, I've always since my Nana took me and my cousin when we were kids I've always wanted to be Peter Pan <laughs> oh, that would be so cool I know well and I remember I was sitting in college and I was sitting with some of the upperclassmen and, you know, I'm saying, oh, my God, I want to be Peter Pan someday. And this, like, hoity-toity upperclassman comes in. They stroll in, and they just look at me, and they go, 
you'll never be Peter Pan. You're much too tall. Oh my God. Stormed out of the room and my jaw dropped. I was like, what? And I have never forgotten that moment to this day, but you know, maybe most people <laughs> would say <laughs> I'm significantly too tall to fly above an audience, but I say why. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see, you know, we'll check back in. I'll let you know when I get Peter Pan. Yeah, and we will be there to go see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Peter Pan is so goofy and fun and childish. And there's actually, I think, a lot of similarities between Peter Pan and Roxy. They're both like mosquitoes buzzing in your ear. Obviously, wildly different agendas. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. I hope that you get to, you know, play those roles in Cabaret and also Peter Pan. You know, who says that you have to be in a box, like you said. Right, yeah. <laughs> you just do anything that you put your mind to. Um, and so I was just wondering, kind of, with performing, has it always been a part of your life? Like, did you grow up performing? Or was there just kind of a moment where you realized, like, okay, this is what I want to do? Um, yes and no. Um, when I was, like, a real, uh, a small child, I took dance classes and, you know, when you're a little kid, they don't make you do recitals or anything, but they make your parents come in. They don't make your parents come in. Your parents want to come in ideally <laughs> and watch you perform. And my mom and my grandmother came to see me and I just like sat in a corner and cried the whole time. I was having none of it. And then the next year they said, if you keep taking dance class, you have to perform in the recital. So I quit. I was like, absolutely not. I had terrible stage fright. It was not about to happen. Um, and then I don't really know what it was. At some point, I just decided I wanted to go back to dance class. My, my grandmother uh, spent a lot of time with me growing up and she would put on polkas in the basement and we would dance in circles around each other in the basement. And that was like my first real exposure to the arts um, <laughs> were polkas with my Ukrainian grandmother. Uh, and so at some point I decided I wanted to go back to class, class and I liked it this time around and suddenly the bug bit me and I, and I enjoyed performing and I, you know, um, but I was always just a dancer. I went to LaGuardia High School of Performing Arts for their dance conservatory, which was the best, lag 09. Um, <laughs> but like one year I auditioned for the musical and I, the cast list went up and I wasn't on it and whatever. I didn't really think too much about it. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So, um, and then suddenly somebody like knocks on the door of my dance class on the eighth floor in high school. And they're like, is Molly in there? Is Molly in there? And like, I call out, they're like, we made a mistake. We, you're supposed to be on the cast list. We, we created a part for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? They were doing City of, they were doing City of Angels and they, um, the original choreographer came back to, choreograph it for my high school, LaGuardia. And he created this whole kind of like dream ballet sequence um, where I was in silhouette and I was telling the story before mm -hmm. it happened, before each act. Um, and, and it was just so cool getting to work with him. And at one point, like during the rehearsals, we didn't have the, the track on or something. So I just kind of like started singing to do the thing. And everybody was like, hold on, hold on. You sing, what? And I was like, oh, I don't know, do I sing? <laughs> and, and so then I, that was my junior year that was beginning my junior year um and then so after that I went to some voice lessons and auditioned for music programs in college and got in and I just kind of never thought it would happen so as it kept coming I was like okay all right I guess I'll do this um and then 
somewhere down the line, I just, I became obsessed, you know, like I, I, <laughs> I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. It seems like it was what you were meant to do. I mean, just having, you know, naturally beautiful voice where people are like, wait, you sing as well. And you're like, oh, I guess, I guess I do. Yeah, of course. Like, cause I'm amazing. <laughs> no. Well, I'll take it if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was such a cool experience that you got a part created for you. You know, you kind of, uh, everything just worked out. I mean, you're meant to be like where you are right now. <laughs> I was definitely thrown in the deep end and certainly didn't know what I was doing, but managed to pull it off. And then, I mean, it, it wasn't easy from there on out, especially I went to college at, uh, and I had like a dual major, a bachelor of music and a bachelor of fine arts in the musical theater conservatory that I was in. And it was really, it was difficult. Um, I cried basically every time I had to get up and sing a song. I was just like, my stage fright was there. Some of the teachers were great and some of them were really not nurturing at all. So I had to battle through all of the normal insecurities that we have, but I, I'm glad I stuck with it. Yeah. It certainly paid off. So yeah. And, um, I was going to say, like, based on the roles that you have played, like, the, I guess the main two that are kind of like spotlighted in a way, <laughs> um, Roxy and Brooke Windham, um, they're both very physical and like vocal roles. And which one would you say is more challenging? Because I mean, Roxy is on the stage, like you said, the whole time, like the whole show pretty much. And Brooke kind of comes in, does her number, and then is like mostly done with like the intenseness of the movement. Um, so which one would you say is the most challenging? Oh my God, I don't know. I mean, there it's like you said, it's just such different challenges that you face with both. So I don't know that I could pick one being more challenging over the other. And especially because I had such a short time with Brooke as uh, yeah. and I spent so much more time with Brooke. Um, with Roxy, of course, it's challenging because you, you see her whole um, journey happen on stage. Uh, mm -hmm. And you have to live that journey every night. You have to be so in the moment with her because she reacts before she thinks. And then after she acts, she processes it. And then she does something else that she needs to fix. You know, like she's constantly trying to fix herself because she's always messing up, but at least she's doing it. So it's just such a whirlwind with Roxy that doesn't stop, that you get tired, like really tired, like two hours after the show is over. Oh. Your, your adrenaline is just like, oh, 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 oh. it's like you had six cans of Coke and, and then <laughs> ran all over a stage for almost three hours. Um, but again, it was so new. So I didn't have any time to like really set. I never went into, I never zoned out as Roxy because you yeah, know, it was and, so and, very new. and I, yeah, right. It was so new and so fresh, which I'm glad. And I, I, you know, obviously would never want to zone out, but it just, as an actor, when you do a long run of a show, you kind of find yourself doing it and you have to find ways to pull yourself back into the moment. And with Brooke, oh my God. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I learned to think of it as like playing a game, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you have to rev yourself up and you have to be excited and you have to just think of it as going out there and playing a game because it is, it's wild what you're doing. You're doing, 
you're belting your face off while jumping rope. And then eventually the whole cast has to join you on stage and you can't see how close to them you are. And they can barely see how close to you they are. And you're, you know, you're going into this wild scenario blind. Um, But if you think of it like a game, it's so, it was so much better for me because it's never going to be perfect, right? And and a lot, I mean, maybe one night it'll be perfect and that's amazing, but it's not gonna be perfect every night you do it. Things are gonna happen and you just have to be able to go with the flow. And you think like, well, you know, I lost the game tonight or, oh, it was a close call, it was a tie. You know, like, you, cause you still have the rest of the show to do. You, you've still got to come out and belt your face again at the end of the, <laughs> like, so I definitely let it get to me the first two times I'd have mistakes and I learned eventually to brush it off and it made it so much fun because it was this crazy challenge and and also relying on my castmates like a team you know like if we you feel you'd be like oh that was a good jump afterwards like everybody would assess like we felt it tonight those left rights left rights <laughs> just relying on each other made all the difference as opposed to thinking of it as well i'm Brooklyndom, i'm the star and i have to get it right or everybody will think that we all suck it's like no we're all doing this together and we have to show the idea tell the story to the audience and you can tell the story in so many ways and that's what's important and it, and it made it so much fun. But yeah, I don't, I couldn't possibly tell you which was harder because they're so <laughs> different. And let me tell you, I would do Brooklyndom again in a second. Like, like I said, it's really, it's just a game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a game. And I'm sure your body is also like, you're, you know, you're probably after doing jumping rope for so long, you probably can just get right back into it. <laughs> I will say I jumped rope a little bit throughout the pandemic just to kind of like get my blood flowing again. Um, and yeah, I would, I'm never as in quite good of shape as I am while I'm doing Brookwindham. So I would love Brookwindham again. Um, And then I guess this leads into my next question, which is um, what is your favorite show you have ever been in? I mean, it doesn't have to be like one of your national tours. It can just be like, I guess anything. Well, I mean, it was definitely Chicago. (laughs) It was definitely Chicago. Um, But other than that, it was it was actually a regional production of Legally Blonde that I did that stands out in my mind always as one of the most uh, fun experiences I've had working in a theater. It was at the Argyle Theater in Long Island, which is relatively new and relatively small. Um, but the director was someone named Antoinette DiPietropolo, who I had worked on on an uh, off-Broadway show before. And when she asked me to come in and do Brooke, I was like, oh my God, yes, I've got to work with you again. And that's because she just knows how to build a cast that really does feel like a team. And exactly what I was describing to you, which allowed me to think of Brooke as a game, was you know having the realization that it's the whole cast on stage with you and it's not just about you getting it right, it's about everybody making it work together. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a cast be so close and so supportive as I did with that group and it made and it was a pretty long run too actually it was like the whole uh, it was a two months three months you know for like a regional theater that's a a relatively long long stint and it was just so fun it was such a good group of people and I'm still friends with so many of them you know in our in our industry you meet a lot of people and then you you say hi and you say bye um and those people stuck with me (laughs) that's very nice um 
uh, I was gonna say, do you also still keep in touch with your Chicago family? Yeah. Like all the time? <laughs> of course I do. There's, I mean, there's so many of them that I keep in touch with. Um, Amos, who is Brian Kalinowski, I talk to him all the time. I just, I did um, like a reimagining of Funny Honey, a queer reimagining of Funny Honey. And I had Jason Carroll, who was in the ensemble, help me with some of the choreography for that. I'm going to see Megan Campbell, um, who was also in the ensemble and, and a Roxy understudy perform at Speakeasy next week. So I'm very excited. Yeah, we, we stay in touch. Like I said, that was a wildly bonding audition process. So by the time we went into shows, we were already super tight. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and for Chicago, what was your favorite number to perform and why? Oh, well, can I give you two? Sure. <laughs> oh my God, when I give you two, now I want to give you three. Okay, <laughs> okay I'll turn it around. So my favorite song in the show is Funny Honey mm -hmm. because it's, it's Roxy's like first real moment by herself on stage. It's her first song. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that it's a love ballad. You know, it's, it's a love song. At least it starts off that way. Um, and it's so important to Roxy's character that she really does love Amos. Otherwise, she's just mean and the audience won't like yeah. her. Um, and I loved it because I was so afraid of that ladder. But after I got up on the first time, the adrenaline kicked in and I was like, oh my God, this is everything. You know, the lights hit and it's just it's a game changer being alone, dangling from a ladder, looking into one bright spotlight, singing to the person you love. Um, mm -hmm. And it gives me chills just thinking about it. It was, there was something really special about doing that number. And I love me and my baby because mm -hmm. it's, you know, as Gary would say, this is the ballet of the show <laughs> um, and being like a more classically trained dancer, um, he really pushed me on that number to get it as close to perfect as I possibly could. And it not in a very different way from, from Wits into shape. I also had to think of it as like, almost like a game. Obviously there's more uh, dance technique to it. So it was more reliable, but I just, I really wanted to get that number up to a certain standard that I held myself to. So it, it was, and it's so much fun. You fly across the stage with those two boys behind you. And it, a lot of people don't think of that number first when think Chicago, mm -hmm. but it's so special. The choreography is so much fun and it's so tongue in cheek. Yeah, I really, I really love me and my baby. Well, that's so awesome. I mean, both of those, like even with just the, this like this description of all the visuals, like that sounds like it would be extremely like fun and just like beautiful to look at at the same time. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's it's really fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and would you mind sharing with us like a quote or like just something that just motivates you to keep going every day? I mean, since we're still kind of in this time, um, you know, you gotta kind of have something that'll just, make it all work, all the hard work worth it in the end. Just, I don't know, something that motivates well, you. <laughs> so, God, this is so corny. <laughs> I was saying, so you can't tell anybody I said this, but I'm realizing now this is going to be on a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a quote from Chicago, actually, in Roxy's monologue. Um, 
she says, no, 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 no. And, and she's going through all of the times in her life when she's heard the word no. And then she says, life. Mm -hmm. And what she's saying in that moment is life is what it is and you have to take it and move on. And then she meets Amos who never says no, you know, like, and it's, you know, it's felt for the past year and a half, certainly like we're stuck in our world full of no. Um, but I have to just say life and move on and wait for the yes to come. And luckily some good, some good things have come obviously since everything has shut down, but yeah, yeah life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a really, I mean, it's just so true. You know, you got to kind of take what life gives you and make the most out of it. Yeah. Um, and have you, I mean, cause I know for a lot of like teenagers right now, like a lot of people want to pursue theater and Broadway as like a career when we're older or I guess now as well. Um, so I'm just wondering like kind of being Roxy already. I mean, sure, like it's not by running but you still have that credit under your belt. You're like, you still got to live um, the roles of wondering like, yeah. have you felt like you've kind of made it yet? I mean, you played like two stars <laughs> of like the shows, you know, Brooke and Roxy. Um, so like, have you felt like you made it or? Um, oh God, what a like, question. was there a moment you felt like all oh, your work paid off? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess I don't know. I'll say if I made it, I don't know if I'll ever say I made it. I, cause I, <laughs> you know, like all of us, there's something that keeps us going and motivating us to go harder and harder. But, um, I, I have to feel proud of myself and I, I do feel proud of myself and I have to remind myself, especially over the last, you know, few months that I did I had this goal and it was, it wasn't a goal. It was a dream. It was like a wild dream. I, I always wanted to be in Chicago and never in a million years did I let myself even think that I could be one of the leads in Chicago. I, I mean, it, so I sometimes have to give myself that reality check when I'm being too hard on myself that like, you you did this thing and it was oh. really cool and you you still can do it again and um that was awesome but one of the like best things that i think came from chicago was i actually it, we had a it was it was a rough year within my family um we lost someone important to us my, my grandmother who i spoke about the one who you know caused me to dance really um yeah shortly before I booked Chicago. And I actually found out on her birthday that I got the job, which was five days before Christmas. So I, and I saw my mom that night, we went to see a show and I didn't tell her, I didn't tell her. And I snuck out after the show and I went to the theater and I bought a Chicago t-shirt. And then I went uptown at the next morning and I had them print on the back of the t-shirt, Roxy's mom. Um, and I put it, in, I, I put it in a box and I printed out our tour schedule and put it in a box and had her unwrap it on Christmas morning. <laughs> oh my God. And I mean, she bawled, but <laughs> having, being able to like make my mom proud and happy in that way was a gift beyond the gift of performance for myself. It was, you know, like 
showing my family that I did it and, and that I couldn't have done it without them, um, yeah. which is really true. So that was a good freaking moment that <laughs> I am so grateful that I had. And did your mom wear the t-shirt all the time? <laughs> oh my God. Are you more <laughs> to like our family Christmas after that? You know, she, she got all like decked out in whatever fancy outfit she had. And then she kept on like lifting her shirt up and being like, but look, be <laughs> <laughs> total goofball. Um, uh, yeah, she, she likes the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess before we wrap up, are there any new projects that you're currently working on or, um, you know, just how can we follow your journey? Oh, um, well, I am not doing so much performance right now. I'm doing like, you know, some small readings and workshops and stuff here and there. Um, I, I mean, of course you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Molly Rose Downs, um, M-O-L-L-I-E Rose, D-O-W-N-E-S. Um, currently, I actually just started doing some choreography for some youth theater. Um, which has been really fun. So I'm choreographing Susical and Aladdin. Um, and it's my first time I've done choreography on like professionals before and, or, and, or people that were my peers at the time and things like that. Um, but I've never worked with younger people and it's been such a great time. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's a learning opportunity. It's a chance to perform. It's a chance to be an artist, but these, it's just great seeing young people so passionate about theater. And um, I've always kind of wanted to get into directing. So this is a nice step in that direction while I'm not uh, performing on something that's a regular occurrence. Mm -hmm. I, oh, oh, and I'm, I'm going to be in a cabaret on December 16th at Urban Stages. So that's coming up. I don't know when the podcast is coming out, but um, <laughs> that's the thing, you know, a bunch of little gigs here and there. And I, I always post about it on my Instagram ahead of time. So yeah, yeah, we'll make sure to follow you and just kind of, you know, make sure we're up to date with whatever Molly Downs is doing. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast with Molly Downs. Make sure to go follow her and just keep up to date with everything that she's doing because she's incredible. Um, and please make sure to look out for new episodes coming soon. Okay, bye. Bye, thank you. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Z Podway. Remember to follow our Instagram at Z Broadway. That's Z B R O A D W A Y. And check out Molly on Instagram at Molly Rose Downs. That's M-O-L-L-I-E-R-O-S-E-D-O-W-N-E-S. We'll see you next time.